0: Being happy is preferred, but not necessarily appropriate.
1: Save the date. Saikon is returning to Las Vegas for 2017. Today, you turned on your computer or your phone. And Facebook told you that vaccines are an evil government plot. Twitter told you the sun is revolving around a flat earth, and the House Science Committee told you that climate change is nothing to worry about. Meanwhile, up is down, true is false, Oceania has always been at war with East Asia, and dogs and cats may in fact be living together. Enough already. It's time, once again, for the forces of reason and science to come together. Time for critical thinkers to connect, learn from each other, and sharpen their skills. Time for the leading lights of skepticism to share their wisdom and rally the troops. It's time for PsyCon 2017 back in Las Vegas. October the 26th to the 29th, join luminaries such as James the Amazing Randy, Richard Dawkins, Eugenie Scott, The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, Susan Gerbick, Harriet Hall, Richard Wiseman, Carrie Poppy, Joe Nickel, and many, many more. The master of ceremonies is none other than George Harab. For the biggest Skeptics event of the year returning triumphantly to the Excalibur Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas the City of Illusions, PsyCon 2017 will be packed with fascinating talks and presentations, dazzling entertainment and fun social events with fellow sceptics. This October, get away from fake news and conspiracy theories filling up your news feeds at PsyCon 2017, your alternative to alternative facts. For more information, visit www.csiconference.com
0: You know, Ronnie just came up with uh, another piece of genius one-liner, and that is, talk is much different from action. When I first started teaching martial arts... People would call and ask about the martial arts and ask about my credentials. <clears throat> and I would often get into conversations with guys that were just incredible. They would, they just, they knew, they seemed to know more than I did about martial arts, which is uh, which was impressive. And uh, they would they they would just seem to have the concepts and and know the history and and um, the practicality and applications it was, it was just it was just incredible to talk to these people and we would sometimes talk I I would sometimes talk for hours with these folks um only for one I mean, and we would just completely agree and then they wouldn't. They wouldn't show up. You'd never see them again. Or most of them just wouldn't show up. Or the ones that did show up and they had nothing. They, they were just all talk. And it blew me away. It blew me away because this would happen over and over. I, I thought maybe the first time or two or three it was a fluke, but then it, uh, it was pretty much the rule that uh, these guys. That talked so much talk even girls and guys talk but uh, when it came time to demonstrate they had nothing to back up and uh, and you know what but it gets me to thinking maybe that's how it is in the opposite in other words folks that are more action oriented, um, don't really have much to say or aren't very fluid in what they have to say about whatever the subject matter is. Um, I'm hoping that's the case because I don't feel like I'm all that verbally fluent in what I'm trying to get across. I'm getting the job done. But I don't think I'm uh, anywhere as verbally fluent as uh, I would like to be. And uh, anyway, that's just a little thought. You know, talk is cheap. I guess that old saying, talk is cheap. Talk is much different from action. I think us humans, our species are really... um, compelled to really work things out mentally and um, and then not necessarily do them I'm always uh, brought to Tiberius Caesar's quote regarding his human, statues. He had a museum of human statues that, well, performed sex acts. And he said that these were, a, this was a superior museum because these statues do. Anyway, Integrity Radio. How do you get shirts so clean, Mr. Lee? Ancient Chinese Secret. My husband, some hotshot. Here's his ancient Chinese secret, Calgon. Calgon's two water softeners soften wash water so detergents clean better. In hardest water, Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to
1: 30% cleaner.
0: We need more Calgon. Ancient Chinese secret, huh?
1: Calgon helps detergents get laundry up to 30% cleaner.
0: If you are the least bit interested in the human condition, or perhaps even your own condition, you need to listen to Sam Harris. If you're not familiar with Sam Harris, crawl out from underneath the rock that you're living under and check him out. Sam really points out the advances of neuroscience, and thus the advances of psychology. And this is important to me because these advances validate and confirm what we know in Wing Chun. And it takes Wing Chun out of the philosophical department and binds it right to the psychology department. See, there's no other practice on the planet. Not yoga, not uh, meditation, not uh, prayer, not sports, <laughs> nothing. Not, not even other martial arts on the planet that deals with the human condition in the manner that Wing Chun does. As my sifu used to tell me, or perhaps still tells his students, Wing Chun is the jewel of China. It's the greatest thing The greatest gift to the world that China has to offer. I think the greatest challenge that people have with Wing Chun is it's not something that you can intellectually know or understand. It's a practice that gets your body to tell your brain things about yourself and about the world around you. It's a form of meditation, but it's a physical meditation. And it's also a meditation that can, well, prove itself through the practice of Qi Sao. But let's not go into that right now. Grandmaster Chris Chan said, Through just the practice of the seal Tao alone, a person could become a Wing Chun master. And he was not exaggerating. This is very true. I feel that Wing Chun comes in many forms. And that eventually it will coagulate into an overall human consciousness. We can talk and philosophize about Wing Chun all day long, but it's not until that you—it's not until you do it—that you—that you, you physically embody the concepts. They're just not things that the brain knows, but they're things that the body knows and that the body does without thinking. In a world where we all do the wrong thing without thinking, I think it's very important that we have a way, a path, a method to do the right thing. A method to naturally and always do the right thing. Or at the least, to be striving to the right thing, toward the right direction. Right and wrong may be a philosophical issue, but right and wrong, oh boy, here we go, but yes, right and wrong can be shit, right and wrong can be something more than just a thought, an idea, right and wrong can actually be something that you can feel and embody and practice and And put forth. I agree with Randy. That I don't think there are many people. That are truly evil. Or bad. Just ill-informed. Uneducated. Misinformed. Indoctrinated. Perhaps. But evil? Nah. Evil. I'll leave that up to bad parenting. I think the only thing that's Evil in this world is bad parenting. Alright, Integrity Radio. Hi everybody, thanks for joining us. This is the introduction to Chapter 3. And Chapter 3 definitely begs an introduction all on its own. Chapter 3 is going to be the most important chapter of your Wing Chun life. 3! Universal working factor, ah, just a correlation there. This is the chapter where we learn to develop power and we will always be developing power. We'll always be working to increase our power. Siom Tao means little idea, little mind fist. Siom Tao. If anyone were to tell me that just standing in a posture and performing a form could create this sort of power I would be very skeptical so if you're skeptical that's okay that's a healthy thing I'll be breaking the sealm towel down into three parts so there will be three instructional videos and perhaps uh, other supplemental videos but there will definitely be three videos that will comprise the the Silum Tao. I'll break the elements of the movements and the posture down in each part. There will be a fourth video where it will be the entire form. You can just go to the fourth video uh, and if you already know the form, and use that to train along with, have a tr- sort of a virtual training partner, or can take the lessons, one, two, three, the different breakdowns of the first, second, and third parts of the Si Om Tao. Si Om Tao is where you are going to live. This is most of your training. You can simply do 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 45 minutes, 3 hours of siu Tao. Grandmaster Chris Chan would say, probably still does say, that you could become a gongfu Fu master by doing Si Om Tao alone. Siu Tao requires nothing but standing in posture and compressing in stance and focusing on these very specific movements. I like to say Siom Tao is Wing Chun. If I were to rename Wing Chun, it would be called Siom Tao. Siom Tao is that profound, that important. It's not the only thing in in, uh, Wing Chun, but it is the single most important element of the Wing Chun system. The Siom Tao becomes the language that you learn when you learn a language, you learn the words, and you learn sentences, and you learn uh, how to compose those sentences, relay information. That's exactly what the Siom is. It's a physical language for a physical communication. All right, we look forward to training with you. If you have any questions or comments about the Siom
1: definitely leave them, and uh, we'll see you soon. So that's how the 12 Laws came
0: about, is through extrapolating the 12 combinations of Chris Chan's. Something interesting about the 12 Laws, uh, they also are appropriate to the number that they're using, uh, if you want to express symbology and meaning uh, to numbers. It would be very easy to do so. and this was somewhat inadvertent, I must admit. The 12 Laws to me even seemed a lot like uh, prophecy, uh, like Moses coming down with the 10 Commandments because this sort of all came to me in one day and the origins of it was a little hazy to me uh, upon inception. But now that I've had a lot of time to reflect on the 12 Laws and reflect on Chris Chan's training, um, it, it all is becoming a bit more clear. In other words, conscious or unconscious, these things become self-evident over time. Number one, appreciate all things. Number two, unworthy of trust. Number three, integrity is structure. Integ- Number four, emotional control. Number five, situational awareness. Number six, create options. Number seven, transition. Number eight, anticipate deception. Number nine, fight from within. Number 10, expect the best. Number 11, fragility is not sensitive. And number 12,
1: small idea, no punch. No punch, no grab. I've just been
0: informed that my reading glasses are not strong enough. They've, they haven't been strong enough. I've just been struggling all this time thinking that my vision is going worse. No, it's <laughs> just I didn't get the right reading glasses. So here it is. I'm going to take the glasses off or on, however you want to put it. This is the great challenge. And uh, philosophy versus psychology. Me. Psychology, the great everything, philosophy, I say, philosophy takes a back seat to psychology. Uh, Psychology is, in fact, the most mysterious and misunderstood of all the sciences. It's not philosophy. Philosophy has been, um, oh, (sighs) philosophy's been around for a long time. I mean, we're talking you know, geez, what are some of the the great philosophers, uh, and they even go prior to this, but we're talking a few hundred years BC, but uh, Hippocrates, and if I'm saying these wrong, come on, leave me alone, Aristotle, Versalius, Galen, Wundt, Eisnick, okay, now we're kind of getting more contemporary, but... Uh, no, philosophy has been around for a long time. They've been trying to get it right for a long time. Uh, now, you had talked about repeatable experiments. I hope I'm not jumping around too much here, but and that uh, that there has there hasn't been any, or there have been few. Or now, let me talk. Let's talk about this for a second. Uh, if they're an error, they were repeatable at their time. So that's what you're saying. They they wound up not being repeatable. Well, not repeatable after time because we are a dynamic organism. We are changing. Our culture is changing and whatnot. It's changing faster than philosophy can keep up with. Let's put it that way. The, just as physics and chemistry experiments were repeatable for their time, you know, science is not subjective in the same sense that you claim. Uh, you know, physics now bows its head to evolutionary biology. You believe that? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the scientific method is a method of constant refinement and not patching holes. You know, uh, philosophy and religion tend to have to make a you know, just sort of backtrack and fill holes in. And, but not science. Science isn't subjective in that sense. Science is constantly trying to refine itself, so it's always going to be wrong in reference to the future of any uh, progress that's made on whatever that subject is. Um, Okay, if your argument is that philosophy is valid because it's been around a long time or precluded the other sciences, then you would be giving weight to all sorts of nonsense, such as alchemy which, uh, by the way, was Newton's favorite pastime, or necromancy. Sam Harris speaks a great... Uh, speaks to a great extent about neuroscience and uh, and the monkey experiment, which is groundbreaking. I'll, I'll talk about that in, in a minute. Uh, I, I, as a side note, I want to say that Sam Harris does jiu-jitsu, and um, well, he needs to Training Wing Chun. That's it's just the little things, man. It's the little things that get you. Uh, and he also promotes spirituality, so he's somewhat of an apologetic uh, in that camp, which I am not. Um, and you know, i I, I've, I've been a Christian. I've been a Buddhist. And you know, Buddhism actually. Kind of is more offensive to me in many ways because of this whole enlightenment thing. It's almost like Jews, you know, the God's chosen people. I mean, really, are you are you really trying to start a fight here? So uh, let me see. I, I'm gonna have to go into another episode here, um, but let me tell you, I can I I'm not convinced, and I couldn't disagree with you more, especially on Mahler. Oh my God, Mahler. I I just want to... I want to kill myself when I hear Mahler. All right. Integrity Radio. You know, extrapolation really uh, blows my mind. How people extrapolate information and how, you know... (laughs) How they interpret it and extrapolate it. Um, All right. So back. This is round two of Psychology versus Philosophy. I acknowledge that philosophy you know, as, as the root to psychology, Yeah, in the same manner that I acknowledge alchemy as the beginnings of chemistry. Now, Hippocrates, uh, Aristotle, Versalius, Galen, Wundt, Eisnick, are the shoulders we stand upon, but not under. They were not entirely correct. And science has only recently been able to better objectify over history, time, and space, and wash the, subject- the subjectivity away. You know, uh, like for instance, uh, extrapolation. Uh, I, I look through Newton's Principia. I leak through it. It's predominantly a physics book and uh, Ronnie she's a she's a math uh, major in college Uh, this is actually uh, more of what she is uh, you know come to discern from Newton's Principia it's a physics book it has very little to do with philosophy in fact he preferred the term rational mechanics So, uh, yeah, listen, Galen, Descartes, Kierkegaard, Gailton, to Genet. Now they led us to behaviorism and thus cognitive psychology. Now the latter forming only about 50 years. So, I mean, cognitive psychology is only 50 years It's taken. It took this long for philosophy to become cognitive, which is then called, it's not called philosophy anymore. Cognitive philosophy is called psychology. Neuroscience has really advanced and has skyrocketed the science of the brain and body. I refer specifically to Benjamin Lebitt, the experiment of Benjamin Lebit, L-E-B-I-T. And this was back in the 1980s, so it's very recent. And his experiment proved that the brain has an owner, and it is the physical biological machine we call our bodies. There is no spirit or mind. And uh, this experiment uh, by the way if you're not familiar with it had shown that our bodies actually inform our brains and tell our brains not the other way around I mean we can get it to do that for basic functions but... okay so that's not to say the concepts aren't without historical or uh, archaeological Uh, importance I am suggesting that we not give anything more than historical importance to the so-called science of philosophy neuroscience and a dawn in understanding of psychology is emerging and this is very exciting all right Round two, Integrity Radio. And by the way, thank you, Patrick, for this topic matter. I have been searching for a worthy opponent. And uh, believe me when I tell you, it's the greatest compliment I can give to say um, that I accept uh, your challenge of my challenge. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Like they say in Hawaii, Aloha, Integrity Radio. Okay, well, I I don't really care so much to be overly educated on anything until I make a comment on it. But (laughs) from the information that I'm getting right now, which I I highly trust, (laughs) is that um, Newton named his book... Philosophy, of principia, or whatever, right? Well, what what is that? What's called? He
2: put the the title philosophy into his
0: book. Yeah, he put he was, the term in there, right? Uh,
2: he was making a dig at,
0: at Descartes. Yeah, and he he was he was making a dig at Descartes. He was he was trying to rid uh, uh, Descartes' theory and replace it with his own. Right. Uh, is so. Anyway, we're going to look into that. Of course, we're not going to just say that this is fact or there's. Not there's not other information that needs to be added to this, but I think just that little bit of information. Uh, some
2: history as to why it is named. It yeah, possible, when yeah. It really
0: isn't. yeah. and of course, you know, Newton did die from <laughs> from alchemy. <laughs> you know, from being an, al- an alchemist, he died from being wrong. Right. So uh, as great of uh, a scientist that Newton was, and he's probably the greatest living alchemy. scientist known alchemy. to mankind.
2: At the time, alchemy was not proven to be wrong. That's right. He alchemy. didn't know it was yeah. wrong. He, That's was, right. he was a scientist, and he was testing the theories of alchemy. How does he could have been right? Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not wrong until it's proven
0: wrong. Yeah, yeah. And and he wasn't an atheist either. I believe uh, he was somewhat of a spiritual guy. Uh, I don't think you could live. I think atheism. <laughs> I don't think you're allowed to openly be an atheist uh, This particular Uh, Hey, even in this particular day and age You're not allowed to be an atheist Depending on what family you're in and stuff So, uh, you know know. Yeah, so To uh, say that a certain scientist uh, You know, even Einstein Who, that's a great debate And we all know that Einstein was an atheist But he, he certainly didn't spend his time Prancing around as an atheist You just make those intelligent assertions from reading his letters and from the things that, uh, you know, he's he's written and said. So, all right, that's just a little, a little nippet snippet, ping-pang to the poem, Integrity Radio. You know, the Liebitz finding really was groundbreaking. And I want to talk about a little bit more it is difficult to identify exactly when a person becomes aware of his action. Some findings indicate that awareness comes after actions have already begun in the brain. Now, I'm reading this from Wikipedia. And uh, on let me, timing intentions compared to actions, a study by Masao Masuhashi and Mark Hallett published in 2008, claims to have reclaimed Leavitt's findings without relying on subjective report or clock memorization on the part of participants. The authors believe that their method can identify the time, T, at which a subject becomes aware of his own movement. Matsuhashi and Hallett argue that this time only varies but often occurs after early phases of movement genesis have already begun, as measured by the readiness potential. They conclude that a person's awareness cannot be the cause of, mo- of movement and may instead only notice the movement. Now, this is huge. If you don't understand how this is huge, then you really need to uh, meditate on this uh, a bit more. Look into it, read into it, because this is huge. All right, Integrity Radio. Okay, so where does Wing Chun fit into all this? Simple. With all the evidence in place, Wing Chun is a method of attaining center balance Harmony with other human beings. It's not a philosophical idea. It's a physical method, a physical process, I like to say. System isn't really a good word. A process. It really is the missing link. Wing Chun allows you to value what it is that the body is trying to tell you, what the body is trying to teach you. It's allowing you to embrace your unique perspective, which is very difficult to do. Quite often what we do instead is regurgitate all that we have learned or known prior. How often do we speak So authoritatively on things that we just merely heard about ourselves and did not experience. We have a choice. We could ride this vessel, which is our life, or we can have our vessel ridden for us. And I think we would all choose the first. How do you get there? You get there through Tao, And the body will inform the brain. I promise you this integrity radio where is your fucking proof I don't mean to sound all mean and nasty you know I'm not a mean and nasty person but god damn it where's your proof <laughs> if philosophy is so fucking important to humanity where's your fucking proof what great philosophy has cured cancer has taken us to the moon has created satellites. Has created your cell phone that you're listening to right now.
2: Has created world
0: peace. Has created world peace. Even given anyone what?
2: peace of mind. The world
0: or peace the of mind. Yes, peace of mind. Where the fuck is your proof? Don't just say things and then not prove it. Where is your fucking proof? Okay, love you. Integrity Radio. I love how people put so much weight on civilization. We haven't even attained it yet, but I mean, we're way better off than we've been.
2: I think that people's definition of civilization is wrong. Civilization implies civil, being civil.
0: Yeah, yeah. And passive-aggressive, passive-aggressiveness is not a civility. You know, no. Just being being nice while you're being a fucking dick or an asshole or being a non-thinking individual, but being a nice non-thinking individual. That's uh that's not civilized. That's not truly civilized. Now no. it's
2: civilized at the face but not at the core.
0: Yeah. My guess is that if you yell and you show anger, and express anger, that this is being misconstrued as not being civilized.
2: I think to some people, yes.
0: Yeah. Or even if you speak the truth.
2: Yes, if the truth goes against the, the whatever, status Whatever quo. they believe, right? Yeah. Or the status quo, yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. That's why I think popularity is the issue or is an issue Because popularity is what gets everybody on board.
2: Yeah, they want to be like the popular person, whatever that may be.
0: And so we've gotten really good at becoming popular, but not so good at being correct, at being right. And then as soon as you start saying the words right and correct, you start getting this philosophical bullshit argument of, Who's right and who's correct for whom, you know, as if a punch in the face is different for each individual. Correct. And this is what I mean by diverting. I'll say something like that and they'll say, no, I know somebody that enjoys getting punched in the face.
2: But it doesn't mean it's good for them either.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's this kind of diversion that you get when you, when you're trying to make a point. And then somebody will just take that, take a little exception, because there's an exception to everything,
2: right.
0: just find the exception that deviates from the actual point and run with the fucking thing. All right, let me tell you something really quick about objectivity and subjectivity. All right, usually there's uh, three stances. They're more subjective, or they're more objective, or they're a little of both. It's not like you can get away with any of this bullshit. First of all, subjectivity is something you don't escape from. Objectivity is something that you strive towards from your subjectivity. It's not like it's a team, the subjective team, the objective team. Who do you vote for? You can't be anything but subjective. And then... Hopefully, you will rise above your own subjectivity through objectivity. I have a question for you. What do you call subjectivity? Or rather, what do you call subjectivity when your views or perspective is confirmed uh, by the scientific method? It's a little riddle. You say what? It'll be.
2: I would say it would be a, if it was proven, Yeah, it would be a fact.
0: So a proven subjective, a subjectivity proven would be called a fact. That's what you say. Well, you're almost right, but eh, time's over. No, subjectivity that's proven as fact is called objectivity. (laughs) Any arguments?
2: I know you'd have to explain what you mean first.
0: You know, objectivity and subjectivity have been bastardized and are now very hard words to use. A lot like, just like the words theory and hypothesis have been hijacked and convoluted to the point where you really don't understand what those words anymore, what those words mean. All right, Integrity Radio. All right, let me put it this way. Philosophy is good for those that understand it. So what good is it? In other words, philosophy has never helped someone that was mentally ill. Psychology, yes. Medicine, yes. But not philosophy, If you prize philosophy so much, then I guess you also prize uh, men killing each other, people killing each other. Yes, for religious and philosophical reasons, people are killing each other and it's just fine. It's not murderous. These people need psychological help, not philosophical help. There is no philosophical bridge that will, oh, um, fix this issue, this problem with the brain. The study of psychology has never harmed anyone. The practice of bad psychological treatment may be responsible for injuring people. But these are treatments that were based on philosophical premises. It's medicine, treatment, and counseling that help people, not philosophical masturbation. It drives me crazy when people just say, oh, science doesn't have all the answers. Sure, no, it doesn't have all the answers, but it has all the answers that you could possibly ask of it. Stop asking wasting your time on metaphysical solutions. And you shouldn't be offended by me and by my words and what I'm saying. Because if I were, well, a capitalist, I would just find out who you were and sell you the snake oil that you prefer. It seems like we want to take up time telling stories about people's erroneous thoughts. I mean, I guess we all have done it. Have you ever done that? You've you've made a mistake and then rather than just immediately stop making the mistake or fix the mistake, you spend all this time trying to explain why you've made the mistake and how you made the mistake and uh, pretty much trying to convince people that you're not a bad person. Oh, come on. I suppose the reason why we share, or at least why I share, is to perhaps alleviate some of the unneeded suffering. The senseless suffering. I mean, you can't get rid of suffering. It's pretty much what we are as humans. We, we all suffer. But I think there's too many people on this planet including ourselves, that are suffering needlessly. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Come on. Sure, we all have to die, but I think we should all fight at least. Don't go without a fight. Religions and spirituality have always been the opiate Of the masses. And isn't it ironic that we are having an opiate epidemic right now? My dear listener, stay away from the opiates of metaphysics. And if you think I'm wrong, I would love to hear from you, but please give me your evidence. Integrity Radio. I think I just figured out how to describe Wing Chun. Wing Chun is about creating power through structure, making connections or breaking connections, and then moving forward. I think I have synthesized Wing Chun to uh, those three things. What do you think? Integrity Radio. I think it's through this simplicity that we can experience genius. (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think it's very simple, but it also requires a lot of.
0: Yeah, simple to say.
2: Simple to say, not simple to execute.
0: Yeah, no. Easier said than done. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So easier said said than done. Like all this stuff that you talk about and you think about and all your ideals and all your, your great aspirations and expectations of humanity. Easier said than done. But Wing Chun does it.
2: If you put time and effort into
0: it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, then I guess we are doing it, not Wing Chun anymore. But that Wing Chun becomes the, the meme. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Wing yeah. Chun becomes the meme that saves the scene. I can't help but to rhyme there.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Integrity Radio. All right. Is a disclaimer something that. Uh, you're disclaiming something. Yes. Disclaim.
2: Yeah.
0: All right. Let me know if this is a disclaimer. All the stuff you've heard me say over, t- uh, over the past day, or two even, or three, however long this has been going on now, um, please do not take it personal. Um, most of what I say applies to me and... Uh, you may feel the same way. Um, but I'm not talking at you or to anyone. Uh, I'm pretty much addressing mankind and our predicament as a whole. And, uh, and then maybe trying to get at it by way of dissecting individual perspectives here and there. But in no way do I mean to insult or ridicule or put down anyone that uh, that I communicate with. So uh, if I have offended anyone uh, in that manner, please forgive me and uh, know that it's not personal. It's uh, it's beyond personal. <laughs> it's
2: directed at everybody.
0: Yeah, it's directed at everybody, including myself. So um, I hope this makes sense. And uh, be well. I will talk to you. Well, if you call in, I'll talk to you. Uh, Integrity Radio. Shout out to medical research. Neuroplasticity. If you don't know about it, check it out. Google it. The body is the master. Brain does not tell the body what to do. The body tells the brain what to do as an afterthought. The old paradigms fail as the increment of measure increases, revealing all of its inaccuracies. Eloquent speakers too often deceive themselves and others, consciously or unconsciously, I wonder or at least to what degree of consciousness meaning well but not doing well becomes an art form greater than any other acting on a grand scale lying can our lies really portray a truth or does language Simply fail us. Ah, after a while, I just—I always go back to thinking Tiberius Caesar. You know, he got fed up with all the philosophizing. Probably start killing all the uh, killing them. <laughs> um, but all the philosophizing, uh, Tiberius got fed up with it. He wanted action. Do do. That's just kind of how I'm feeling about what I'm saying. <laughs> Integrity Radio. Hey Kurt Schmuck and Patrick. I'm uh, riding around today, so um, I want to answer you, you guys. I want to respond to you guys. I hope I don't, um, uh, uh, you know, short you guys and. My response: um, It seems that okay. If to make myself clear, philosophy uh, needs to just go ahead and take a back seat. Psychology and the understanding—we're not guessing anymore. We know now. Both Patrick and you are making claims without supporting these claims. I'm not hearing any of the evidence to support your claims. What great philosophy has led us to the understanding that we have of neuroscience today? And whom has made the pompous statement that science has figured it all out? But let me make this pompous statement that science has figured out more than any one person could comprehend. Science has figured out more questions than you can ask of it. Now, you may jump over mathematics and physics and all that kind of stuff and and then go ahead and ask the big questions without knowing all that other stuff, but you'll be in great error. I refer to Libet's findings because these findings are monumental. If you don't understand the findings, well that's a different story. But these findings are are monumental regarding free will. And the findings of neuroscience regarding free will completely throw the quandarings of the philosophical man in the back seat. If it doesn't, then prove otherwise. I'm already stating one of my proofs, I'll state more and more, but you at least have to acknowledge my one proof. Just because we are emerging from duality doesn't mean that we're prisoner to, to that duality. I don't understand that. Now, I want to point out what's interesting is how much we agree on so many things and how it's these little concepts that um, that make the difference. And I think these little tiny concepts are critical in Wing Chun. We call them xiong Tao. All right, guys, I got to keep driving. And uh, I, I really appreciate the... Um, the comments and the thinking and the thoughts and uh your perspective uh let's keep them going uh let's hear let's hear what you have to say more importantly come on give me something where's your evidence all right integrity radio
1: you're listening to
0: integrity radio learn self-correction at www.cfuzi.com Listen to original music at soundcloud.com slash music for dogs. You can also follow Sifu underscore Z on Twitter. That's twitter.com slash Sifu underscore Z. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more here on Integrity Radio. All right, that was the re-airing of some previous segments. Segment's so nice, I had to play them twice. What do you say, uh, Terrence.
2: Um, it was a pretty nice segment
0: He's lying Terrence lies when he's confused
2: I am very confused right
0: now See So whoever of you out there there are students of mine uh, Those are segments that I found uh, At least today uh, To be poignant and important And that I'd like to hear More on From you guys Alright Integrity Radio All right, so let's get right into it. Football uh, is a good thing. Really? Now, I think there's been a little convolution of my perspective here. I feel that people that um, engage in uh, team sports in such a fanatical way, they need to be dealt with in some manner. I mean, you can't ban those people. But this behavior needs to stop. not talking about a friendly football game at a high school we're talking about millions no billions of dollars that are put towards this absurd practice and yes in order to solve anything in life you have to argue and we don't need to solve meaningless uh debates regarding sports we need to solve very real issues regarding religion and belief Team sports and celebrityism in America is a filthy disgrace. Hi, Ben. Okay, so this is football number two, reply. So, are you really doing critical thinking here? When you hear me say I think we should ban team sports, do you not hear what I'm saying? Do you really think that I mean we should create legislation to ban team sports? Are you not getting... What the gist of what I'm saying? Do you not understand the behavior? Well, you say you do, but then there's a but. I responded to you the first time. I said, I think my point has been convoluted. And the point is not to actually ban team sports, but as you have heard me say and have reiterated, it is a filthy waste of resources, period.